You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wizard Ashes Daily Podcast, sponsored by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. England ended day three at Headingley with their Ashes dreams just about alive, requiring just over 200 runs with seven wickets in hand in the fourth innings. Joe Root was a star, finishing unbeaten on 75, and he received able support from Ben Stokes, who made two off 50 balls after his first innings at Aberration, and Joe Denley, who gritted out a half-century after England had stumbled to 15 for two early on. It was a gloriously old-fashioned, attritional day of test cricket, and we might yet be in for a finish for the ages. I'm your host, Ben Gardner, and I'm joined once again by Jared Kimber. Jared, did you see that coming? Um, ooh, probably not. Um... But I suppose that, uh, according to Crickviz, Australia should have taken, what, six or seven wickets with the way that they bowled. Mm-hmm. So realistically, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. You're going to bowl really well and not get the wickets. And, and perhaps that was the story as much as anything. Also, the, the pitch is tough to bat on, but it's not particularly easy to take wickets on at the moment. Yeah. It's one yeah. of those weird sort of in-between wickets where the cricket looks more dour than it needs to because the bowlers can't break through and the batsmen can't smash the ball everywhere. Um, but no, I don't think we would have expected England to be three wickets down at the close of play unless Australia had batted on all day, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think the thing with England is it felt like one of those days where they could just kind of completely fold and throw in the towel. And I guess it's, it's impressive that they didn't. And I think Jerick does get a lot of stick as captain because especially the visible things doesn't do very well. He's not great with the media. He's not great at field placings. But I think what he is quite good at is ensuring when things go badly, they don't go terribly. I mean, if you look at the Ashes down under last time, England lost 4-0, but they didn't fall apart as a team. They still kind of kept fighting. And I guess they kind of did that today, even though it should basically be all over by the shouting. Yeah. Um, also, he does batting very well. Yes. Um, he, he's quite, quite a good batsman. Um, and I think that's what we saw today. It's interesting, like people are saying, you know, he's batting for his captaincy, but realistically, could make a hundred, they could lose. He could still, you know, mm-hmm. no one's ever said that, or that Joe Root's not a very good batsman. So I think 
you know, he, he basically did what he does best today, which is bad. I, I thought he was outstanding. Um, uh, didn't push at the ball too hard. Didn't play any big shots. Um, uh, you know, he's uh, continuing to not leave the ball, which is his game plan, which is to feel bad on ball, try and find those gaps, try and find singles. I thought he was great with uh, Nathan Lyon as well. So I thought, I thought he was really good. Um, batsman today, but I'm not sure that changes the, the overall narrative, although what you say is also uh, very fair. I mean, you know, he's kept them together in this, in spite of everything. Yeah, he was he was brilliant, wasn't he? There was a, a short period, like not long after he got to his 50, and he sometimes has this where he just gets a bit funky and thinks maybe he can dominate, but he kind of got over that quite quickly after he had like a couple of scoops that didn't quite go right or whatever. But uh, yeah, he, he was great, and uh, Joe Denley was was pretty good as well. I mean, he edged a bit and... No. No? Okay, go he's on, go not, I mean, he's not good. I mean, you know, we've seen some incredible innings. I, mean, I thought... We, it, we don't have to make this just about Denley. We can go back to Labuschagne. So, so many people go, oh, look at them, guts it out. And it's like, not getting out <laughs> is not good batting, right? Yeah. That I'm not, I'm not saying that there isn't a... There isn't a and, and I speak... We look for narrative, right? So, mm. we go, oh, he gritted it out. Well, he gritted it out. So, let's say one of his other inside... Many inside edges went... Uh, went off his pad and went to short leg. So what, he didn't grit it out then? The only difference was he got an inside edge and it went squarer than the fielder. Or he, he played and missed it a ball and he missed it by a millimetre rather than hitting it. I mean, Joe Denley plays that innings any other time and he's probably out for far less than 50, multiple times. So what I, what I liked is that he, he continued to fight on and I he didn't try and bat his way out by hitting fours mm-hmm. or anything. Um you know, they both went, this is the game. We're not going to score any runs. We're going to take away most of our big shots. And other than Denley, a few few too many cover drives probably. And also, I think he probably should have taken his pull shot away because I don't think it, it works for him in test level. Oh, the, that, that one incredible pull shot, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It was a great shot, don't get me wrong. But uh, the minute he, he played that, my, ball, well, yeah. my first thought was, I'm sure he'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to be fair to him, he didn't keep, keep playing them, though. But... I mean, look, he stayed there, and there, you have to admire that. And you do it with Labuschagne, you do it with Rory Burns in, in mm-hmm. the first test. David Warner as well. First David first Warner at times as well. Yeah, there's been a lot of guys do that. But also, if you continue to make as many errors over the entire point of, of your innings, in your career, you're not going to make many runs, yeah. right? All right, then. So was that Joe Denley's last test innings? See, if I was a selector, it would be. And, I, and that's... Because the longer he batted, the less likely I thought he, if he batted like that ever again, he'd make runs again. But that's not how selectors work, and they don't. And they also, you know, it's all, all well and good. I'm an analyst, and I use data and, and and you know and and go through things that way. Selectors naturally go, well, he's made a fifty on a difficult pitch against a great bowling attack, and so generally they say, well, that means he gets another test. But I just, I think the opposite should be true. I think they should look at that innings and go. Is, do we actually think that was a quality innings or do we think that he just didn't get out? And I think it would, you, can, you can respect the fact that he took away a lot of his shots. You can certainly respect the fact that he fought hard um, and that he was trying very hard. Can you look at that innings and say he should get another test? I don't think so. But as we've probably talked about for the last two days, it's not like there's 73 other blokes uh, you know, slamming down the door. But for me, I didn't think that that was an innings of someone who should play um, another test now. Um, but... Um, I know how selectors work, so I'll see him next test. So is, is, is there any skill to batting in this series, or is it just the players who don't get out for the longest time, basically by chance, end up with some runs to their name? Yeah, it shows, I think, the quality of the bowling. I mean, you know, And Steve Smith as well, I guess. Yeah, the quality of Steve Smith and the quality of the bowling. I mean, the bowlers are just so much better. Look at Australia today. If that had been any other day and England had been so well set, 
the bowling team would have started chasing wickets. And mm. Australia just went, no, no, no. We don't have to chase wickets. We're just going to keep going. We've got two theories. Every now and again, we'll try the bounces. And mostly, we'll just bowl very fast at the top of off stump. And we'll let Nathan Lyon um, close sh up shop at the other end, right? And the reason that they could do that is because they know that the England players will eventually make a mistake. And they, they will eventually be caught out from one of their errors. And it's not that much different to what we basically said England should have done on day one. Mm. You know, Australia scored more than they should have on day one because England chased wickets when realistically, if they kept bowling as they had at the very start of the day, they would have bowled Australia out for 50, 60, maybe 80 runs less. Yeah, okay. And uh, so do you think there was any difference in Australia's bowling performance, basically? today and yesterday or is it pretty much down to England the conditions um I think the pitch has changed a bit mm -hmm. um I'm not sure you could bowl the team out for um for, for that total now without um uh, without batting even worse than England yeah, yeah real without England almost gifting the wickets I suppose they did gift a couple yesterday but maybe that was different it, with England not I mean, England went out of uh, three of their wickets were to half follies yeah. yesterday. You take that out, which other than a couple of Joe Denley wafty drives, mm -hmm. they basically did. Joe Denley and, and Joe Root took that, that, that shot out. Um, and suddenly it was very hard to get wickets. And I think that the pitch is harder to get wickets on now than it was yesterday, but it's still not easier to bat on. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and that's the kind of surface it is at the moment. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was a, a former player on Twitter said something along the lines of, you're never going to feel comfortable batting on this surface. And that's how Denley and Root looked for most of their innings. But at the same time, it wasn't like at any stage... Like, the wicket of Denley was about seven, eight overs of incredible pressure from Australia. Where they were bowled, Hazelwood bowled an incredible spell. Lyon was accurate as anything at the other end. And they built the pressure until they finally got that wicket. And, you know, that's what it kind of takes to get a wicket, I think, on this pitch. And, and you saw that's what they were trying to do with Ben Stokes at the end as well. And that is that kind of wicket. And I think if that's the case, I think Australia probably bowled very well on it. They just didn't get the rewards. Yeah, Ben Stokes, we should talk a bit about him because... Two or fifty balls is remarkable, especially for for him. He's almost like with Johnny Bursley. So if you criticise him, he'll hit back at you. But I reckon with him, it's if he if he criticises himself, he'll, he'll get back at him. Like when he played that shot in the first innings, and he kind of pro pro maybe felt a bit that he'd let the team down, and was like, I'm just not gonna not gonna play any shots ever again, sort of thing. Yeah, but, and and how much must he love the fact that he actually had a break? Mm -hmm. So usually he, I mean, he bowled a million over spell yesterday. He bowled. He, he started up again this morning. Uh, England lose two quick wickets and he must have been like, I cannot believe I'm going to have to go out there again. And he's not, as you know, there's a reason why he, he averages whatever it is, 30-odd in, in test cricket. He's a limited batsman, incredibly talented limited batsman, but a limited batsman. If you keep throwing him in when the score's 20, 30, 40, he's going to fail a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Today, he came in when the ball was well and truly blunted. Um, good bowling, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't swinging or seeming, it wasn't bouncing weird. And so he could get in. And then I think you're right. I think he went, you know, first innings, I, I made a mistake. And, you know, Den if, De if there's anything that Denley and Root showed, if you take away um, attacking shots on this wicket, it's actually quite hard to get out. Um, and, and I think that's what Root, uh, sorry, that's what Stokes did as well. And you've got to give him credit for that. Yeah, okay. So I guess the, uh, the big question now, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow? Do England have a chance? Uh, yes, they have a chance. Uh, where, where, okay, where, where would you put their chance numerically? Fourteen to fifteen percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that that's that's fair. Uh, there, there's one there's one thing in their favour at the moment, which is generally teams don't chase over three hundred, mm -hmm. and four percent of the time they do. But there's a reason why that happens, and that's because generally you're batting on a fourth and fifth day pitch. Mm -hmm. They're actually batting on a third and fourth day pitch. That will help them. 
Um, uh, but there's a lot of negatives, uh, you know, uh, there. A, once their tail and their middle order has to fa face regular fast bowling. And the new ball as well is going to make a big impact. Well, I mean, yeah, well, let's go back to the, the very start. The two batsmen, Stokes and Root, have to get set again. Mm -hmm. Now, it's an old ball, but you still have to get set again. Um, there's a chance of a wicket in the first 10 overs then, right? Mm. And if there is a wicket in the first 10 overs, that means there's going to be another batsman coming out to face um, either the end of the, the old ball or the start of the new ball. So now you're in a chance where you could lose three wickets before lunch. If you lose three wickets before lunch, you're six wickets down. Their scoring rate is never going to improve on this pitch. I'll be shocked if they could score any quicker or much quicker um, tomorrow than they did today. A lot of runs to get. Suddenly you've got the pressure and then you've got uh, uh, Pat Cummins, James Pattinson, uh, and Josh Hazelwood bowling very fast. Once you get past Bairstow especially, which is possible, as I said, with, with those sort of early wickets in the first session, it, we're not, I don't think we're going to see a lot of very good innings from lower order players because mm -hmm. the quality of the bowling, and also because this is just a, a tough wicket to bat on. So if that's the case, you would, you would assume Australia would win. And everything sort of tells you that in the history of Test cricket that that's going to happen. Um, and occasionally we see something magical. We've seen some incredible things at Headingley. We saw, um, we saw um, Mo and Ali almost bat an entire day. Well, Mo and Ali basically batting an entire day um, against Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, uh, we saw um, uh, the uh, West Indies chase an incredible total here. We, if you go back to Mark Butcher, there's been some incredible chases at this ground. So there, there is, it's not completely away from home, but realistically uh, it shouldn't happen and against this bowling attack yeah. i mean look how patient they were today even when they weren't getting wickets they just they just kept at it and kept at it i can't believe if they bowl that accurately for an entire day tomorrow that they're not going to be able to get a, a enough wickets that england will collapse but uh, you, you could be wrong i'm well, not you because i said it i <laughs> could be wrong I, you could be wrong as well. Yeah, well, I think I was certainly wrong because about 5 p.m. today, I just completely lost my head and convinced myself England were going to do it. Yeah, I just, I just felt like it's going to be one for the ages no, and but, it's not going to happen. But, but that's what the game does and that's why the game's great. And the mm. reason that I have looked into this so much is because I've, I've done it and I've now probably spent more time researching fourth innings chases than anyone in history because yeah. I'm so interested in the psychology that we have. The minute there was a good partnership today, I waited for someone to tweet. England are a chance here. Mm. And it was Mihir Bose who did it. Straight away, I pounced on it and I was like, there. And I wasn't trying to have a go at Mihir Bose as to say he's wrong. But there's that certain point where you just, you get this feeling, it's just, well, this p p partnership is permanent now. Mm. This is going to yeah, go on yeah, forever. True, yeah. And it never happens. It, well, sorry, th those long partnerships in chases almost never happen. And, and generally, um, teams don't chase over 300. But we always believe, and that's part of the, the cool nature of Test cricket. Well, it's also the psychology of sport, isn't it? Is you're just... It's so put so much emphasis on the last thing you've witnessed, don't you? And that's uh, and, that, and in cricket, that's especially damaging because you see a batsman block one ball and you think you're never going to get out of here, sort of thing. Yeah, no, no you're right. And also, it, I mean, I, someone said to me recently, "Oh, look how many you know 300 chases we've had in one day cricket." Um, so that must be coming to Test cricket. And it's like, well, no one's making a cracker yeah. in Test cricket at the moment. So if anything, you would expect this this to be even more unlikely. I mean, the levels of unlikeliness in this in in England having a successful chase here are off the charts, but. It, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. If if you four and a half percent of of chases over three hundred uh, are actually chased, there's a reason why that happens. Yeah. Well, uh, a cheery note to end on. Then uh, <laughs> thanks, th thanks for listening. This has been the uh, the Wizard Ashes Daily Podcast, sponsored by Travel Bag Cruising Holidays, packed with memories since 1979. I've been your host, Ben Gardner. Thanks very much to Jared Kimber. This may well be his last podcast. We're not quite sure, but thanks for joining us anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe on the podcast app. Uh, or anywhere else you can find and tell your friends. Thanks. Bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network.